Anyway, how's everything else, Justin? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. This last week, um, I've I've had to drive my truck a couple of days out of the week, and I don't use. I mean, I don't drive anywhere practically. Now, yeah, I guess I only know the one car that you guys have. Is that what you mean by the truck? Or uh, the truck is the vehicle that I paid for myself. It was like the first <laughs> official car I bought that was off of a lot. And I still have it. It's 20 years old now. Uh, almost incredible. 20 years. I think it's 18. But it's not your daily driver. No, no. But it's out in the front. But on this particular week, I had to drive my truck out, which is nice. I get it all worked in. It's greasing the gears and all that. Just trying to get yeah. it working. Right? I don't want <laughs> it to sit How often do there. you get behind the wheel of that thing? Right, man. It's maybe when I have projects at home, mainly to go to Home Depot and bring stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a lot that I go out, and it's a fun little truck, and it takes me back. And so when I get into that thing, you had remarked about this a few weeks ago when you were driving up from uh, Point Magoo, and you you did your little day trip. It was so it sounded really cool. Like you were you you went out and and tasted fruit from the farms on the side of the road. Yeah, and you listened to, to what maybe you would consider dad rock. Right? Is that what you would? Oh yeah, totally. And yeah. I totally was like, oh, Justin would be. That's what I love. This. Yeah, I love playing that. And it, and it, when I drive that truck, it makes me think of when I used to listen to Arrow, which was Arrow 93, which was right before oh, or around yeah. the time I was transitioning into 106.7 K-Rock, right? Which was where we we I came into contact with Jimmy World. And just how much listening to Arrow 93 and KLOS 95.5, how much that exposed me to classic rock music and how beneficial that was for me and my dad. Um, and for our relationship, it gave us another thing to just kind of talk about. That was that 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 uh, classic rock. We were both into blues music, but classic rock was always that foundation. Uh, I may have brought this up before, but when he was in the service, he had a buddy who had a tape player, and he would buy albums and then record them onto tape and then give the, the albums to my dad. So my dad had like 50 just albums that were played once that were just sitting yeah. At our house, they would sit there, and he had his his, um, his Alpine record player. Didn't really play him that often, but I got to look through them. My thumb through them. He had stuff like Deep Purple, Uriah Heep, Bad Company, and Bad Company ended up being like one of my favorite artists. I don't know if you if you're familiar with them. The lead singer of this band, um, his voice sounded so familiar, and I come to find that his one of his earlier big bands was called uh, Free. You know that song, All Right Now. All right now. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It's like it's like a classic, classic rock song. I would have guessed that was like Rolling Stones or something. If you yeah, think. and I, I would, I would understand that. Um, but I come to find out that this lead singer, you know, you start to research online and find out, oh my gosh, this guy's in Bad Company, and John Mellencamp in '91 coined this guy the best rock singer ever. Do you know who the lead I, singer of Bad Company is, David? I don't. Paul Rogers. Oh my god. <laughs> This is Jimmy Eat Pod. <laughs> I I need to try and save myself because I know that that's the improper pronunciation and it's plural on Rogers, but yeah, I do love Paul Rogers. I think Paul Rogers is a fantastic vocalist, and uh, I got to play a little lick from from Rock and Roll Fan. Please do because I don't know who that is. I mean, I know his name, but yeah. Three, 
can you just picture me with with a beer in my lawnmower? It's the most ninety three song <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> just pushing the lawnmower, man. It's a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh boy, man. Takes oh, me back. I love driving that truck. Oh man. No matter how much um, people offer me for it, man, I'm never gonna sell it. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what you totally needed to listen to driving a truck like that, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I did want to do housekeeping because now this is episode 53. I didn't even mention it last week because I didn't write it down. But now we have 52 episodes down, officially a year into the pod. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. uh, Yeah. You know, we did the 50 episode extravaganza, but here we are a year into it. Uh, How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Uh, I'm yeah. still hoping. I'm still hoping, and maybe we should do a little uh, a, a little follow up without being too pushy on on Jim on Please. his camp, just to say, uh, "Hey, man, remember me?" <laughs> yeah, we'll do a personal reach out. Maybe if we can find on there, if they always haven't... welcome on the pod, man. Yeah, always welcome. If you hear this, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> he you know he's just trying to get himself prepped. He's like, "What do I say?" I can only to, imagine that he Jimmy is Jimmy Eat Pod audience. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he, probably he, going through our entire catalog right now going oh my god oh yeah i mean it's only you know uh, i've got 150 hours, hours of, yeah. <laughs> yeah right um uh, uh i mean he probably uh, he probably thinks we're gonna ask him about takeoff horkers or something yeah right <laughs> um and he's like i don't want to talk about this stuff um my thought is that he's just so busy with um pass through frequencies that that's totally. what's his, taking yeah, his yeah, focus, yeah. man. I strung out all of pass-through frequencies on a timeline today, and it's 15-plus hours of content. I mean, Jim is fucking busy, man. Yeah. Um, and he's putting out some pretty solid episodes. I'm sure he's calling through a lot of footage, and, you know, these these uh, interviews have been, what, conducted since June, late June, July, all the way through August. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff, man, and he, and they look good. I mean, when you incorporate video into any kind oh, of oh yeah, no, he's oh, he's yeah. using the eight. What did he say? The A seven three. Yeah, um, which is and, the yeah, the and newer he, he was Sony talking about his equipment. Yeah, yeah, that footage and then the microphone he's using. Oh, it's only yeah. like like two grand. That's all. That's it. <laughs> Just a cool two yeah. grand. He um, did the research though. He did, yeah, man. He got the premium package on Amazon for podcast stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? I'm dragging something into my avid bin real quick. Um, I wanted to mention. Uh, oh, we did the drugs army episode. And then even last week, I didn't mention it. But I had ripped a couple maybe last year. I went and actually physically put my future CD in the computer so I could launch the enhanced CD website. Yeah. Actually pull the, um, I actually ripped the, the CD. I I don't know what you would call it. Like I I ripped a video of the, uh, was it, is it interactive? So did you click through it? So the reason I, I mentioned for drugs or me specifically is that they have an, uh, 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 an extended loop of the intro to drugs or me that underscores the website and the website, uh, let me pull up the video because what I rem- what I vaguely remember from the rip is that the website has a flashing light version of the photograph uh, of the phone booth. So uh, just yeah. right, and I believe somebody either on the on the Reddit, the subreddit, or the Facebook page had included the GIF 
of that. So that gif right? was made for the Futures 10 tour. But I, I'm now wondering if those are the same thing, if they just remastered that same thing. But right. I, I may be misremembering. I'm, I'm desperately searching for it right now. <laughs> um, where did I save that um, album art? It's got to be an album art, Futures. Yep, here it is. Futures Wayback Machine, WebM, and then uh, Enhanced CD WebM. Wow. So I'm going to send you a couple links here, and I'll watch it with you at the same time. Let's look at the Wayback Machine one, because I don't remember that being Drugs or Me. Um, I remember that being on the Enhanced CD. Why I'm treating them as two separate things is, uh, is <laughs> interesting to me. Wow, WebM. Okay. Uh, all I remember right. Addison hit me up one time. And was like, so this is going to bonus.jimmyworld.com slash futures. <laughs> okay, there it is. All right, I am hitting play. Okay, it goes to an invalid host name. And then I captured this whole thing and I was like, oh, I'll trim it down. Never did. Uh, so I go to May 9th, invalid host name. Oh, great. This is probably a video of absolutely nothing. And now I'm jumping through 2007 and I find absolutely nothing. Wow, what a colossal Come waste on, of time. Come on, June that video 2008. Was. No, it's nothing there. I watched it. Oh, um, man. Well, uh, you could see that that URL did exist, but I did rip the futures enhanced CD dot WebM. And that, I think, is something. Yes. Visit the secret site. <laughs> the secret site. I just love how it's so that's such a new world. The whole enhanced CD thing. It didn't last very long. No, but what a cool! I was looking method, yeah, medium, right? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the side of my 2012 MacBook Pro Retina, so it had to be had to have that Retina qualifier because this was the 2012 MacBook Pro that did not have a CD drive on it. There was a 2012 MacBook Pro that did. Anyway, looking at the side of it, I'm like, oh man, there's two Thunderbolt ports. I remember when that was the future, and Apple probably already knew. Like, no, they're we're looking ahead at USB C. Like, <laughs> we're gonna create <laughs> Thunderbolt three. And it'll be also USB 3.2 and um, who knows? And USB-C is probably antiquated to them. It's probably all going to be MagSafe or wireless soon. Um, but right. anyway, uh, let's take a listen to this. Uh, it's a 43-second loop here. All right. Is this the uh, the one but that you sent before the WebM file? Yes. Futures okay. Enhanced CD dot WebM. Futures Wayback Machine WebM. And then I got it. Enhanced CD. I clicked the same one. Twice. All right. Futures Enhanced CD Web M. And then I reload. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not flickering light. It is a different effect. It's more of a, um, like a distortion. Like yeah, a turbulent a light distortion. distortion. Yeah, one and way. And then I click visit the secret site. click it and it goes to got it no, the site uh, can't be reached can't be reached but i i meant to mention that on the drugs or me episode and i failed to well um, thanks for bringing that up that i mean if you were to visit that website th this is probably what spawned so many of my clients six or seven years ago to say hey when when people arrive on my site this is what i want them to hear and i and i and i just in a nice way say 
no, we're not going to do any kind of landing page music. Yeah, I'm no sorry. one wants that. You might want that. Hate it. No one else wants that. Yeah. yeah. But this is really well done, man. Yeah, they did a good job. For something oh. so simple. And then finally, uh, this goes back a little bit to uh, uh, two things. Uh, fact checking. Um, so Schlossed, S-E-H-L-O-S-S-E-D on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Schlosser. Uh-huh. Um, he reminded me that SRC Vinyl did a Futures Repress. So I'm actually very excited to listen to that on vinyl and get that vinyl. It looks um, good, too. I looked at that today, the link that he had provided. And, yeah. I mean, I, I everything seems legit about it. I thought Futures didn't get repressed or something. I thought that was like a whole thing. But anyway, I was way wrong on that. R- and then, yeah, and I was looking at that, um, trying to figure out, well, wasn't this the one that we figured out was... Like the the masters were lost or something, but it says it was sixteen forty four one. Which so that is, that would make sense why the masters would have been lost. That's made from a CD file, right? But it says the highest quality. You look online, and there's a lot of people that corroborate that that, uh, that would be the highest quality. But I don't know. I don't know what what's the next one up. 90, I don't think that's true. No, I mean 96. I record this podcast in higher quality than that. I'm recording forty eight twenty four. Yeah, and I downgrade that immediately. Hey, look, look. <laughs> you can't you can't spared no expense okay right um and then uh second uh this goes back to the bleed american episode that uh matt lives near great lakes brewing company and they used to have a pilsner called the right pills because it was named for the wright brothers and almost every time he hears Bleed American, he sings, I'm not crazy because I drink the right pills because I'm the funniest guy, he says. Um, and I love it so much. He even sent me a good image of it. So I'm going to go ahead and make a meme of this, uh, the right pills. And it will be uh, only funny to him and us and maybe like three people on YouTube. But our image from last week's episode or, or seemingly two weeks ago's episode uh, drugs or me did really well on uh reddit this past yeah week, so i was very maybe happy the, with that uh, maybe the reddit's out of maybe reddit's out of the woods now for me maybe yeah they're i think they're in they're in the yellow group, yeah they're right? in lukewarm water yes. they're not in hot water anymore you're right <laughs> <laughs> okay paul roger from the album integrity blues track 11 11 produced yeah. by jmj yeah uh, sung by jim rca records b flat four is the high note c3 is the low note justin what do you think of the song, Paul Roger? <laughs> Paul Roger. I think I'm more hung up on how to pronounce this, mainly because I, I don't even know if it was a year ago, David, that you had corrected me, and so, in such a nice way. Uh, it was on the pod, right? When I, I think said, I found it. It was on episode 11, I think. Was it? Wow. I can't yeah. remember if that was... Yeah, that had to be. Um, I don't know if that was a year ago or not. Because we've been going for this... Well, I mean, we're we only have, on episode 53, so oh, we're yeah, only right. a year in. Sure. We but, debuted... Uh, uh, October 18th, 2019. And okay. boy, has the world changed so much. Has I mean, it? we weren't together yeah. then, but could you imagine like if we had recorded together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, I mispronounced it. It is actually, um, a poll. Oh Roger. no. Reason 346 was the first Is that the one I, where I, or yep. I made that, uh, and, and you made such a, a, a nice, nice comment that wasn't very, uh, it didn't put me on the spot at all. Yeah, and and here it is. I, I've held the, I've held on to this until this episode. That's because I had only found out maybe a month or two before that. No way. <laughs> that See, it was pronounced you differently. Yeah, you dude. don't know 
where everyone else is, and that's why I didn't. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to make any any kind of judgments on how people pronounce this. In fact, there was a, a Facebook post about Paul Roger. I think it was this last week, early October, that someone was was uh, commenting on how you pronounce it. And I don't have it up right now. I don't think it's in my history here. Well, I've got plenty of information on this episode. Okay, good. Um, But yeah, it's funny. I don't remember. I mean, I was obviously I was like, Paul Roger. What's it's so weird. And why is he spelling Paul like that? Um, (laughs) And I just didn't Google it. Um, And uh, I don't remember what tipped me off. I would have had to hear somebody say it. How do I read somebody saying that? Um, Right. And so so I ended up start. I, I ended up today looking through kind of just going through since there wasn't a lot of audible content like audio i guess recording content on this oral i looked online for yeah oral content um you know in 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 parallel with i where the song's gonna go when we look at these lyrics uh where paul roger kind of comes into it and i found there's a julian Miquel on on uh youtube and i want to make sure let's see if this works will this play here julian miguel and he pronounces this. Let's see if this will play. Thank goodness. Looks like it's best gonna... way to pronounce the name of this very famous champagne house in France, right? I assume quite a lot of people out there say Paul Roger, but obviously <laughs> Paul Roger is based in the Champagne wine region of France. It is a French company, therefore you must pronounce it Paul Roger rather, Paul Roger rather than Paul Roger. Paul Roger, I made a beautiful, oh nice video about the Winston Churchill Champagne Prestige Cuvée, the top illustrious cuvée made by Paul Roger. I certainly recommend you watch it. It's uh, just uh, right here. Paul Roger, I hope this video was useful. If it was, give it a quick thumb up before you go to support my work, and I will see you soon in the wonderful world of wine. So, oh my god, that's so much better than all the other stuff I had. So right. I'd rather hear that guy okay. tell me about it than me <laughs> read you can you totally... from the buyer.net oh. and uh and user per camperin on <laughs> uh, the champagne subreddit. Um, okay, well I was geeking out about his bottles. I must have come across his by accident. I mean, not by accident. It, it, I was searching for it, but I'm glad that I came by his because I loved his voice so much that I figured, let's look at the 2004 Champagne Paul Roger Cuvée, uh, his review. So there's a couple, like about 50 50 seconds or so that I wanted to uh, play from this, that uh, he's reviewing this actual Champagne from 2004 uh, by Paul Roger, uh, and it's called the the, uh, Sir Winston Churchill. So here, let me play, uh, let me me, uh, jump ahead because we've got uh, issues with uh, timestamps here. Here we go. What I loved about this 2004 Sir Winston Churchill Prestige Cuvée by Champagne Paul Roger is its absolute uh, refinement, um, extreme concentration and complexity and layered um, complexity. Uh, So we're talking here about one of the most famous uh, Prestige Cuvées in in Champagne um, and and it lives up um, to the expectations and and its reputation. Um, So. First of all, it comes in a very bright, shiny, shiny color with gold hues, making it really look luxurious. The nose is is very nutty, uh, extremely complex, so you can already smell the minerality in it. Um, But there's lots of nuts, lots of secondary and tertiary uh, characters uh, to it. So roasted nuts, uh, lots of lazy, lazy tones, uh, brioche. uh, 
but it does have a, a, some a warm um, feel to it uh, with some uh, confit, lemon, lemon peel, lemon marmalade uh, touches to it and, and, and a quite unique uh, white pepper uh, character lif lifting up the, the nose. So there's a whole lot uh, going on on the nose. It's a little bit closed on the nose, so perhaps a little decanting um, before, before tasting uh, would, would open it up uh, further. Um, anyway, on the, <clears throat> on the palate, uh, you're just struck by the smoothness uh, of this wine. It's extremely smooth. It's got plenty of concentration and, and a lot of acidity, mineral acidity, but um, it does feel very, very smooth, like a mousse, like a delicate mousse in, on your palate. Uh, the sugars are very discreet, um, so it's really round uh, and, and actually balanced on, on the palate. Um, and the palate bursts with intense flavors, again, of nuts, of leaves, of biscuits, um, uh, uh, citrus blossom uh, tones. Uh, there's a, a, an absolute complexity. And what really unique here um, is the finish. If you ever get to taste this, uh, focus and, and, and really uh, pay attention uh, to the finish because it's long, it's layered, it's, it lasts for probably a couple of minutes on your palate. So, uh, I went a little bit longer than I was expecting, but I'll I don't know, man. man. I was I was Ju mesmerized. Right, Julian Mikkel makes me want to enjoy some champagne right now. Champagne, champagne. Yeah. I don't know. Very well said, man, Julian Mikkel. Uh, that is, uh, I would try it. Yeah, me too. Right, and uh, somebody in the subreddit had posted a link to whodethoughtit.com, which is, I believe, that is. If it's Paul, not Paul Roger, I, I believe it's it's one of the wineries associated with the hotels that offers this wine. And I'm gonna I'm gonna uh -huh. have you guess is the Do you know this offhand? I I didn't look at this. Is the 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 British pound is that almost dollar for dollar equal to the U.S. dollar? Uh, I don't is know. It, is Off it the close? top of my head? At is one it, point, at one point. It was it, um, Brits coming. I, I feel like this was like in 2004 uh -huh. when Brits would come to the United States. It was like they were getting everything at half off because the dollar was so weak. But okay. now I believe pound for pound, they are very similar. But okay. I don't know for sure. Then let me let me let me say this. I've got on the who uh wine and champagne list i've got the there's three different versions of paul roger there's a brut a blanc de blanc and a rose vintage uh, i'm going to give you the middle one um i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to ask you to guess what you think the price would be and we can just equate this dollars for one for, bottle for one bottle of paul roger blanc de blanc 2008 this would be a normal sized bottle how much do you think what would you pay for a paul roger blanc de blanc <sighs> for some reason i feel like why do I feel like 2008 was a an important year for wine? So it was probably I, a good year um, seasonally, yeah. I think it was a rainy season. So I'm going to go ahead and say that. Now, that I'm only saying that based on California wines. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I, I don't even, I didn't, unfortunately, yeah, European, right? study where Paul Roger was made, even though I made a bunch of links I planned on reading. Um, <laughs> uh I'm gonna say 150 pounds. Man, I I don't know. I we you and I have to go gambling because uh, Paul Roger Blanc de Blanc 2008 75 centiliters is 140 pounds. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't know, this guy, this guy got uh me Julian Mikel got a prestige cuvee, which is like top of the top of the top. That's the top best of the best. Stuff. Yeah, that's prestige cuvee, right? Uh prestige is what the best of and cuvee is uh I don't know what that is. That. So like the best, that's the finest vat. They look at the vats and they go, that's, I see. that one's got the best uh, grapes in it. Take that. So I don't know what he paid. Maybe 300 bucks for that yeah, bottle? Yeah, I was going to guess 400. I was going to guess 400 for some you're reason. Pro- you know what? I bet you're right. 398 pounds, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was going crazy with that. And and just so, you know, the guy said um, in his very first one, he's pronouncing Paul Roger or Paul Roger, not even Paul Roger, Paul Roger seems like that's how he just did, pronounces it that it's it's wine that's what this is right so it's yeah. it's fizzy wine but when it's produced in the in the champagne region of france then you can say yeah. oh it's i champagne. see paul roger is is uh located uh, it's a brand owned and run by the descendants of paul roger located in the town of apernay in the champagne region the house annually produces around 11 110,000 cases of champagne my goodness uh and all of this that we just said is to say that uh, apparently the character of the song is checking into the hotel duvine in glasgow now that would be the the wine hotel right right yes Um, where every room bears the name of a champagne or wine right and i've seen Uh which is really cool if they sell these things as you can get the key I want to. I keep wanting to say key fob, but it's just the it's the key tag. Is that what it would be? Yeah. And Jim posted a picture of his on uh, on Instagram. And uh, did you see this? This uh, his his um, his uh, what caption says? Some of my most abstract sounding lyrics are actually literal. And it's a key with a leather tag with like a a, a metal tag a metal tag riveted onto the leather that says. Oh, wow. That's way more ritzy than the one that I've seen. The one I've seen is like that diamond-shaped Motel 6 looking yeah, one. Yeah, I think that, everybody that can get one of those. Por- I have one of those that's like for <laughs> Biff Tannen's casino. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that looks really ritzy. Yeah. And then I thought it was interesting where he tagged the tree of Utah, um, and I was confused. I was like, is the hotel, is the Paul Roger Hotel room in Utah, which I did not find any link to. Um but I did find out that the tree of Utah, just since we're talking about it, uh, it's called Metaphor, the tree of Utah. Sometimes called the tree of life is an 87 foot tall sculpture that was created by the Swedish artist Carl Momen in the 1980s and dedicated in 1986. And it's in it, it's basically in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, so is it in Utah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in the, middle, just in of the middle of Utah. The Bonneville oh. Salt Flats. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I have no, I have no desire to go out there. I don't, I don't race anything. Yeah. Well, we're going to um, Sequoia this week, but our backup was uh, uh, to go to Utah, and I was gonna swing by here, but now we're not going to Utah. We're going to, we're gonna go up. But yeah, and I know we have a lot of listeners all over the place, but the Southwest, mid, not Midwest, the Southwest, the Western area of the United States can be so beautiful, man. Uh, Bryce, Bryce National or Bryce Canyon, yep. Zion, yep. all those oh, so beautiful between Utah. Yeah, Arizona I couldn't believe it. Us. We went to we went to Utah for the first time when Wes was, I mean, not even a year old. And uh, we can believe I'd never been to Utah before. And it was such a gorgeous state. I think I thought it was just like a flat, nothing <laughs> state. 
and uh, it's a beautiful, gorgeous state. Oh yeah, Mesa. You can see why Jesus walked there from Jerusalem <laughs> or wherever he did. <laughs> That's a long walk, man. I'll tell it you is, what. It is, man. But dum 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 dum. Now um, you mentioned a bunch of different things that, as I was doing, the I'm all over the place, man. That I was no, I might, and just like a couple of sentences, you mentioned a few things that if you didn't go searching around, you would be mistaken on where these things are. So you said the Hotel Duvin in Glasgow, right? My first according thought, to somebody on genius.com right now i had to i had to try and look at from different sources and see where all these different locations that jim mentions in the lyrics where are they uh because he seems to be mentioning them and there was one good comment that i'll get to a little bit later uh but when i jumped over to songmeetings.com and i read there was one comment on this song that's it from pepsi 90919 Yes, yes, yes. And they write, Jim Atkins writes this from his hotel room at the Hotel Devine in Scotland about being alone but not lonely. Which, that was my, to be honest, that was my first thought. When you see Glasgow, um, or Glasgow, that's where I think of. I think of Scotland. Yes. But it's in fact the United Kingdom, right? We're in in England, or is it? uh, I I wondered that, yeah. Glasgow. Let's see. Right, and you can look. There is one of those uh, Hotel Devine there in, I want in, I want to say England. I don't know if I put UK. I don't know if that's the same thing, if if I'm just repeating. Yeah, I see Glasgow, I'm America, United US, Kingdom. US, US and America, same thing, but maybe UK. And, Gla- and- yeah, it's weird. Glasgow is a city in Scotland, which is in the United Kingdom. Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay. So it is. Then maybe that's what I'm... Because I thought it was Scotland exclusively. I see one in Edinburgh. This just goes to I show see one in how Bristol. disconnected. Bristol. There's so many. Are there Bristol, yeah. Henley on Thames, Wimbledon? And then I even came across a comment that I was going to get to later that said that it was in, um, uh, I'm going to have to go through it, um, that it was in uh, Australia. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. So there is, there's a, a mention of this that Jim actually quotes about Australia. So that's where I feel Australia comes into play. However, okay. there are two mentions of location, well, one in particular. Um, Hyde Park in particular, where I believe that is actually in reference to it. Someone is saying that that's in England. Another person saying that that's in New that's South Wales. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyde Park. Yes. Right. So do you want me just to, well, we can go through these lyrics and then we can talk about this as, as we kind of come across Yeah, let's it. do it. Okay. So we start this yeah, song off let's with. Do it. And, and let me give you the caveat that I, I, I'm going to give you a little hot take here. Okay. I listened to this song probably 50 times. I zone out, dude. It's like it, 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 it's got all these great parts, but the sum of all these parts, it, it's lost on me. I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't feel the way about this track that I feel most people do. That they say it's one of their best closers. It, it fits within the pantheon of all their closers. I'd put this on the lower tier of their closers. Again, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. Amazing parts as a whole. But I couldn't even follow along with the lyrics because I would just zone out and start doing something else. And I'd be like, oh, the song has looped two times. And I I just literally wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Right. And there aren't lyrics until verse two that I could tell you I actually hear them. Every other lyric in this, I just I am not listening to it. Yeah. Anyway, so so reading through this was my first time actually going through these lyrics. 
And musically, I mean, it takes a while to get there. It opens up with some of David Campbell's string work, which is awesome. And then Rick yeah. comes in and does like this like meandering Ruby, bass thing that sounds like he's like kind of fingering on the strings a little bit. But like, and it's just kind of that loop the whole time. It's just kind of like a slow dirge. And then Zach comes in and sort of, and it's all fine. It's good. It's objectively good. It never gets to great for me. Because I just sort of vibe out. And maybe that's what it's supposed to do. Maybe it is because that has the same it has the same effect on me. By the time the lyrics come in, I'm just kind of in the whole song. Right. I've, I've started with the song and I'm just disconnected from the lyrics. Yes. And, and yes, that again, that is why I sort of like hijacked us before we went into lyrics is I just did not analyze them. So I'm excited to go line by line with you Good. because I just I, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't I yeah. couldn't focus. It's an interesting song. So here we go. This is uh, this is how it starts out. Thanks for the offer, but I'm not scared to spend my birthday alone. What's the offer? Do you think uh, to hang out to offer okay. company oh, for the okay. birthday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a polite de- uh, decline, just to say uh, I appreciate yeah. you wanting to hang out with me on my birthday. I'm good. And uh, and yeah, uh, I just want to put the caveat out there. I've mentioned it before. Is I saw them on their first show for this album cycle at the Roxy. On my birthday with Addison and Roy and my wife, um, after I went to Sugarfish for dinner. Um, yeah, Sugarfish, man. But, uh, oh, man. Um, and so uh, they, I, they did not play Paul Roger, but um, uh, yeah, it was a good time. So and I was also not alone on my birthday, but birthday nonetheless. <laughs> Lettuce. Here we go. Uh, miles of water, sun and sand, a gift I give myself. No one in sight for help. This is a direct reference. So this is where the Australia comes in. Okay. Uh, because Jim has been said, I don't have the, I have a portion of it here from songfacts.com where Jim refers to that actually coming from him being on a barren beach in Western Australia. Now there is a Hyde Park on Eastern Australia, but that's like a 50 hour drive. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, huge. it's funny. Australia is like, uh, oh, you got to look at the Mercator projection or what, like what was that whole episode of West Wing where they, uh, where they start talking about the the different projections of the map of the Earth and we're all yeah. used to one projection where uh, like the United States looks like as big as Africa and and Greenland's right. huge <laughs> and and then you look at the actual size of the continents and it's like <laughs> I think Allison Janney goes oh what the hell is that <laughs> like, this is the earth <laughs> um so yeah uh, Australia is uh is um is low-key huge oh yeah I was yeah. yeah I was just trying to get for reference like distance um so I don't believe that when we get to that in that next little section of verse 1 that he's actually referring to uh still being in Australia. So miles of water, sun and sand, a gift I give myself, uh no one in sight for help. Uh Jim's on a a barren beach and enjoys it. There's nobody yeah. around. He's at he, he is for his birthday alone. and he wanted nothing to do with anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and this makes me want to go. I'm going to bring it up because uh, um, w- not that we always forget. I think about it in the back of my head, but I want to go back to the letter um, because I think that'll play a part a little bit. Um, we can look into his psyche with these lyrics in mind, because uh, uh, while it is a uh, a noble thing to do 
it's also a very, he also sings about being lonely. Like, where was he at? And I want to see if the letter shed some light on that. I'm trying to do things without saying things <laughs> uh, sure. uh, on the pod. It, uh, <laughs> we want Jim to come on. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why was he alone? What was he thinking? Yeah. Well, um, and it, so there is between Kerrang and Kerrang. Kerrang! The comments that they got in, or the, the stuff that they got from Song Facts. Let me go on to the next thing. So I walked please, at random yeah. till I lost everyone. Some corner of Hyde Park. Now, I thought originally this was in New South Wales, which is in eastern Australia. But I believe there is also a Hyde Park. And this was referenced um, on the conversation about the locations. I'm just going to go to it. Uh, the Hyde Park. This was on the subreddit. And I think they mentioned, yeah, there it is. So Jim sings, uh, the keys. The key says Paul Roger, though it implies a hotel room. Also the mention of Hyde Park in London. So Hyde Park, there is a Hyde Park in London. I can't imagine that there's um, uh, that there's only going to be one in the entire world, right? There's right. one in Sydney. Hyde Park is mentioned. There's one here in Englewood. There's a Hyde Park Avenue or Boulevard. <laughs> there or you go. So I'm... Um, uh, and it's that thread. Let me let me actually look through this thread. Yeah, here we go. I was spinning free actually clarifies everything here uh, by saying they're vignettes. From what I've read, the Paul Roger room references the Hotel Devine in Glasgow. The beach is in Australia. Um, and then side note, it took me a while to convince my husband that this is actually a happy introvert song. Um, so then Jim in the second part here, some corner of Hyde Park. Again, he's at a he's at a large location where he's by himself and he mm-hmm. enjoys it. I walked at random until he lost everyone. Then no one's around. Just you feel like you're the only person on the planet sometimes. Yeah. Right. You know, you could be at a, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying like I could go into the mountains and be completely alone, but let's just say you're going to a place where there's normally a lot of people, a public, a public beach or a park. But at this moment in time, there's nobody. You just feel it's a different feeling of being alone in a place that's normally so busy to me. Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of—it kind of gives me chills. I don't know if it's butterflies or chills, but I can c- picture myself. Uh, and I'm sure there's varying degrees of of uh, like being distraught. Like, why is no one here? But <laughs> there's also yeah. that other thought of being kind of just the solitude and, and being at peace with the environment. Yeah, I have more information here, and I was like, oh, who is Evan Lucy? I know that name. Apparently, he's a writer at Alt Press, but he wrote this on. Genius. And this, I think, is supplemental to what you're saying about this line in particular. Adkins talks about moving past the uncertainty of the future and crushing regret of the past. And it calls to mind the chorus of 23. You sit alone forever if you wait for the right time. He moves to the album closing Paul Roger, a sprawling six minute epic cut in the cloth of songs like 23 or Goodbye Sky Harbor that unfolds vignettes of the singer standing on a deserted Australian beach and checking into the Hotel de Vin in Glasgow, where every room bears the name of a champagne or wine. My room tonight, he says the lyric, which we'll get to. The payoff comes when he sings, Are You Alone Like Me, Alone But Not Lonely, perfectly content in the solitude. That acceptance of being alone but not being lonely is really the holy grail of everything, he says. Over the course of doing this as long as I have, I found myself alone in weird places all over the world. You can look at that as being alone in pain, or I'm all by myself in Hyde Park. How rare is this? I'm on a beach in Western Australia, and there's no one around me for miles. I can't see a person. 
Sim- uh, and so that was simultaneously nostalgic and frustrating. World's Integrity Blues is their best since 2004, October 19th, 2016. So Evan Lucy, I guess, uh, uh, reviewed the album in uh, alt press, and that's what he wrote about it. Sorry, I went into some future lyrics into the song, oh, but that's okay. That you came actually, up with Hyde Park in particular. You used a term, a, a word that I'm actually gonna that I, I thought of in this on these next two lines. So when he when he says got to my knees and planted hands and let the world go dark, that was the most cryptic lyric for me with looking through all of these. And mm. what I just thought at that point is that they're just reveling in the silence and solitude. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. just in, in taking it all in, enjoying it for the moment, however long that's going to last. If it's going to last yeah. a second, if it's going to last 10 minutes. But the, the, for the, the moment in time, they're alone. Jim, I get I get TM vibes from Jim. I'll bet he's into transcendental meditation. You think so? He's definitely into reading. With a song like this, yeah. He's 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 a, I I I feel like he really enjoys his alone time. And he's mentioned how many how often he goes into his into the um uh it, the studio, right? Yeah. If it's if not daily, it's like at least several times a week. Uh so he, I know that he enjoys that. He enjoys reading, which is not a you don't do that in company, right? So enjoying yeah. reading, yeah, maybe he does enjoy transcendental meditation. I'm gonna add that to our list that we have going now. Um, that we actually have going. Of <laughs> 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 I, uh, full disclosure to people, I had to phrase find our own podcast to figure out all the questions we wanted to ask Jim <laughs> once he agreed to come on the show. Because uh, we realized that while we said we'll add it to the list, both of us thought we were running the <laughs> list and uh, that list did not exist. So, right. uh, Jim, are you into TM uh, going on the list? Thank you for adding that. <laughs> yeah. And is he a huge David Fincher head? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Sorry, I am a little drunk. <laughs> I decided that it's going to be like my brand uh, going into the second year of the pod to start drinking heavily. I'm really just trying to get through that peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. And how close are you to finishing it? Well, I wondered if I should bring it to your house next weekend for moving. Yeah. <laughs> to maybe. finish it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I saw might... it at Costco and uh-huh. I told Lindsay the story. <laughs> I'll bring that. it and share it. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to the song. Okay. All right, closing um, out verse one, we have these last three lines here. Uh, wondering where you are, somewhere spinning like me, oh baby, I can dream. Now, this is the second time Jim has used the term spinning, right? Spinning free. Oh, yeah, whoa. Right, and yeah. so I'm just thinking that the thought of this other person enters his mind, maybe because he's in this this moment of purity here. Um, are they spinning free like me? Do you feel as as uh free and and complete as I do in in solitude. And I think that's what this song is really going to just reiterate as we go through this is is Jim's really cool with being by himself. Yeah. Uh, and then oh baby I can dream is I think yeah, my, he would love to think that they're in that happy place that he's in. Yeah. And I love when Jim talks like this. I love when he uses Oh these baby. Words. Yeah. Oh honey, I can dream. <laughs> And it doesn't seem condescending at all coming from him. Now, here's a musical question. Are the verses in a minor scale and the chorus is in a major scale? I feel like they are, but I'm not a strong enough musician to know that for sure. Uh, Let me look up the the chords, but before I even look these up. Yes. 
um, I'm going to say that, yeah, because it goes into the next lyrics and it sounds more uplifting, right? It is. It's very uplifting. And that is, that is a side effect of going from a minor to a major. Is you can't yes. you can't really sing minor a minor line over a major without it. I don't know. Maybe it's it might sound a little different because you're going to have one note that's half of a step down. Right. But yeah, there's some Paul Roger chords. Let's see. I didn't cheat. So it starts off with, um, yeah, A minor to C minor. So just starting off in A minor is that that's going to set that uh, yeah that somber tone for the verse. Both verses, yes. And then he actually jumps into and let the world go dark, wondering where you are. That's actually an F and a C. So right, those and those do yes, those, those lines do stand out a little bit. Right. So and but the A minor and the F they play well with each other, right? You can go yeah. from an F to those are in that the same like four chord. Um, you don't have to tell me, Justin. All right. Then we go into, in the same key, right? There doesn't do any key change. You're right. It goes into a B flat, which is a major chord, to an F, to a C. All three major chords. Boom. There you go. I fucking did Uh, it. Recipe recipe confirmed. I did a thing. You did. I didn't see anybody talking about that shit. Yeah. (laughs) And this is probably where I think I hear, in my mind, I hear first... And then my mind again goes back into that whole like ah, I'm just gonna let Jim sing because I don't really think yeah yeah I, and I, you I, zone I, out yeah yeah I don't collect and again like musically like the, the all the pieces are there I enjoy when I'm listening to it I, it's not coffee and cigarettes for me oh I just right. realize oh the song is over oh fuck I was not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> So in this major section of three major chords in a row, uh, Jim says, first, they'll think you're lost, but you're not. It's the easy feeling. And I think easy feeling is just what thought people jump to, perhaps. That's the easy feeling is thinking that even though somebody's alone, they're not necessarily lost, right? And wasn't it, do you remember those stickers? It was like late 90s, early 2000s, not all who wander are lost. That's right. Right, it's a very uh, I I equate something like that to like a a town like Santa Cruz or something. Oh yeah, right, very much so. Like people that are just kind of like I'm hiking, bro, but I'm doing it solo. What's wrong with that? Yeah, like people in Topanga Canyon probably have that sticker. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm gathering from this first first couple lines from the chorus is that they're gonna think you're lost being alone, but you're not. That's the easy feeling. That's what people jump to. But you know, no, it's uh, and then we go into say. Yeah, there's every chance you could crash if you don't believe it. Maybe if you're dependent, or would it be true true to say if you're codependent? Is does that necessarily mean that you are usually dependent on other people to feel good? Yes. So maybe you're saying like if you are truly codependent, maybe this isn't the life for you. Um, and then in that in that way, you might try it and you would crash. You would be all by yourself and realize, oh my gosh, I don't have anybody here. To but share you need this to believe. With, yeah, you need to believe in yourself, and you'll be perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah, it's almost like you need to be content with it. To be, you need to believe that what you're doing is right. To know, yeah, have some confidence. Yeah, which is that easier said. Lost. Yeah, yeah, but it's just that's what he's just saying is you need to have confidence, uh, and that's what he's realized with with all of the places that Jim has gone throughout his artistic career. You have to be okay with being alone. You're you're not going to be by your family or your friends all the time. Yeah. And I love Jim doing the Jim affectations here, especially oh. in these last three lines. And I, I have no annotations for this stuff. So why spend more time in a lie if it goes on that way? 
Love. So don't- I think that connects to the previous. Like, if you don't believe it, why are you lying to yourself? If it's not for you, then don't do it. Right. Try. Right. Don't try to be something that you're not. And that's okay if you're if you're not somebody who can be on by themselves and be okay with that. It's that's okay. You, it, there's other things that I'm sure you're going to be strong at. That explains that. So why spend more time in a lie if it goes on that way? Yeah. Why why worry about being something that you're never that you're not uh, aimed to to be? Uh, love don't come to you. Who knew? It just was there always, which to me seems a little awkward. And it's it is right. Yeah. But it fits uh, syllabically. Right. That and I think that's exactly why he chose to to place it in that. He probably order. reversed that line in. <laughs> yes. Let me look in my column three of uh, the yeah, syllables. Spreadsheet here. of I need yes. I need consonants <laughs> on the second and yes. Yeah, but the, the yeah, the syllables in there, it just works it it just was. Works better than it was just yeah. there always. So love don't come to you, who knew? It just was there always. And maybe that's just being content in yourself and loving yourself and not being dependent on someone else making you feel like you need to be complete. Yeah. Right. Which is a beautiful chorus. It's 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 awesome. kind of empowering yeah. and it's not it doesn't really discount anybody. It's understanding that there are people that don't that maybe can't function on being alone. And that's perfectly fine, man. Yeah. Halfway and then through he gives you some now- words of affirmation. Yeah, halfway through the song now, I'm excited to go back and listen to the song with these right. ideas in mind. This right. is definitely a need to sit on the floor in your bedroom with the yep. liner notes open and read yep. along to really cross your get legs, it. get your headphones on, and yeah. just yeah, get in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hit verse two. All right, now we get into the 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 song title. Right, back no, to the room. minor scale. Oh yeah, my room tonight has its own name. The key says Paul Roger. Ooh, I love just how it that's that's um that sentence or that line is sequenced. Yeah. It's perfect. It's almost like how are you gonna say that you have a key that says Paul Roger? Oh yeah. my gosh. My room and tonight has it. its own name. This is how I found out. I never even knew he said the words Paul Roger in the song. Me neither. The this first the, couple Today years. was the first time I heard it. Oh, wow. So this is how I learned that it was Paul Roger. Somebody said just what I said. I didn't know he said the name of the song in the song. It's in the second verse. So I was like, what? And then I went and listened to it. And then, you know, I probably had to listen to it three times because I was tuning out. Right. And then I was like, oh, Paul Roger. I see. And that's how I heard somebody saying it. I heard Jim singing it, but just never realized that's what he was singing. Right. Because I wasn't it doesn't I was zoning and, out. Yeah. And you don't think and, and I, even though I knew the song with its new with its new pronunciation, I still didn't right. hear it in there. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, so after the key says Paul Roger, Paul Roger, I'd say get on and close the bedpost curtains, pretend the ground is fire. Pause, pause. I know that'd make you smile. Oh man, that seems yeah. when he's getting back to a, a, like an, a, a time of innocence, right? Yeah. Oh man, playing. Playing that game, which I was, we were talking about this. You were ready to go. You were setting up, and I said, "I'm just looking up research. I'm doing research on the history of the floor is lava." <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You told me that without even mentioning it to my kids. Yeah. Charlotte comes out and says, "Hey, hey, Dad, we're gonna play the floor is lava." Still, I mean, it just goes on generation after generation. Yeah, man. It, and and for the the uninitiated, uh, the floor is lava. 
is just a game, which I found out started in the ni- the late 1930s, and it became oh. popular with the rise of middle-class home-owning uh, that population. And there were just so many rooms that the kids, when they were in the house, would say, they w- one kid would declare, the floor is lava, and within a couple of seconds, the, the other participating members who wanted to play would jump on furniture or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I remember playing a variation of that. I I looked up the, the the sort of rules for that game, and you have to apparently you have to keep moving to keep the game going, right? That otherwise, I see. You, just, you can't you can't just stop, right? And yeah, I know but, I don't know yeah. if I ever played that. It was just kind of a quick game that says, "Hey, look, let's play the floor is lava," and you had to jump on stuff to get you know from A to B. Yeah, still a fun game though. We did things like so. Uh, my the way the the way my living room was set up when I was a kid, the Ottoman sort uh, it was like we had an L-shaped couch, and then they had the Ottoman next to the couch to make a further L, and then my dad's lazy boy was next to that. So it was a large L, right? Mm-hmm. And the Ottoman sat, you could run from the kitchen to the living room, and that straight line, the Ottoman would be there. The Ottoman basically separated the dining room from the from the living room, the way my parents had it set up, it separated the two rooms. And instead of playing the floor is lava, the Ottoman was very large. We would play jump over the Ottoman. And then we would put (laughs) toys on the floor beyond the Ottoman that we would try to clear the Ottoman plus this toy and then move that toy slowly back and back and back till we couldn't clear it. (laughs) And that was our floor is lava. And this was on the carpet, right? (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so somewhat padded. Wow. Man. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you were very resilient, though, too. Beyond the Ottoman, though, straight ahead was a stone fireplace mantle. <laughs> so, sounds, you know, sounds like, like something kids would I'm do. I'm sure I right? would tell Wesley, please, God, don't do that. Right. But, and I'm sitting here telling our kids, like, dude, the couches are not for jumping. And then yeah. there's there's but, these stories of you jumping over the couches, over toys into a, <laughs> into a stone fireplace. You know fireplace. what I read, though, Justin, recently is that. Us, we are the least parented generation, the kids of the 80s. We're the least parented because both mom and dad were in the workforce for not that long to where they were figuring things out. And so you, I, 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 it's just like on the level of like why we did the shit that I now don't let Wes do is I just, we overparent now, not in a bad way. Um, but well, we get this, man. Could. I was in fifth grade when I was given a key to the house. I was on a my own key from kid. fifth grade. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I didn't really think of how early I I got it, but uh, you're I mean you're right. And then you look at all the crap that I got into, which I'm telling and my kids. You, you didn't have a cell phone. Oh no, not in fifth grade. You didn't have a pager yet. No, I didn't even have to check in when I got home. Um, I would oh, just man. I would be home, and then my mom would get home around six thirty seven o'clock. So I'm sitting there yeah. for four hours by myself, watching TV, burning things. Yeah, man, <laughs> burning things. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I did. Ants I, with a magnifying glass. No, I like. wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't terrible like that. I would. It was worse. I would get chemicals together and see what lit on fire. Oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. it explains. It explains a lot. Yeah. Wow, I didn't do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it was bad. So maybe that's. Did why you guys I'm own a, a home or uh, an I, apartment? No, my parents had a home. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And they still I, we live did in too, it, but, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do miss, I, I wish I had that for Wes. You guys have that, uh, which is nice, but I, I we have not yet purchased a home. And especially with COVID, I kept 
to keep dipping into our savings for yeah. <laughs> fucking live. <laughs> um, to so, live. Yeah, it sucks. Anyway, um, jealous of Addison moving to the Pacific Northwest. I'm like, fuck, yeah. maybe I should do that. Well, we can talk about it next Friday, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so oh, again, oh, really and, quick. And then so, I have a question. Let's finish this first because I have a question about this first. Okay, real quick. So I'd say I'd say get on and close the bedpost curtains. Pretend the ground is fire. I know that'd make you smile. Uh, somebody had remarked about him using, instead of, I I said, get on and close the bed coast curtains. He's, I'd say. So it's kind of, he's still in that mindset of thinking of what he would do in the in the event that this other person, friend, yeah. you know what? lover is there. Give me 10 seconds. I'm going to go grab the vinyl, which I meant to do before the we started the episode. Um, cause there's something else I want to say about the liner notes, but specifically let's look at this line. Sure. Uh, and so 10 seconds, give me just a second. Yeah, no problem. But really with this line, what I think that he is saying is I'd say, get on and close the bedpost curtains, pretend the ground is fire. I know that'd make you smile. He is making this other person smile by bringing up these, this game from a childhood but what I really think that they're saying is that he feels safe and even maybe even like even invincible, which if you're by yourself and you're in this situation, I, I can I can think of a time when I've been alone by myself. Like, let's say Lindsay takes the kids somewhere for a couple of days and I'm by myself. I feel powerful when I'm in certain situations. If I'm on my own hike, I feel like, hey, I haven't been on my own in months. <laughs> So I yeah. think that's what uh, this protagonist is getting at in the middle of this verse is that they not only f- they're talking about a game that brings them back to their childhood, but also that he feels safe and even invincible. So what did you find, David? Well, Anything I'm good looking. I'm still let me uh, because I think this is where it becomes an issue is they have the wrong lyrics at the end of this song. It, what Really? Yeah. Um. They and and it actually starts here. I'm trying to see. I don't see. Yeah, they don't have anything about the room and the Paul Roger, all that stuff. They don't have any of that. None of that made it to the song. Um, what makes our love so hard to be? Is it you or is it you with me? Um, that's what they have. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, uh, that is the other song. Uh, you with me is what this ends with. So I'm trying to see if you with me. No. So you with me also has the you with me lyrics. The <laughs> the end of integrity blues really ends with, um, oh, baby, I can dream dream. And then it says wrong. I'm certainly. And it's sad to think of expecting different outcomes with a better question. Fear. <laughs> it goes, really? it goes, it, yeah. And, and that's what I wanted to say. And so unfortunately, I can't even say what Jim wanted to say in this. I'll skim the rest. Of course, it's in Jim's handwriting, which I th- I think is totally fine. He he talks with Mark Hoppus about how bad his, uh, his handwriting is. I think his handwriting is fine, but it is difficult to quickly skim uh, liner yeah. notes and see it, it, did these lyrics. And I, I have uh, from the community section people talking about this a conundrum in the liner notes specifically. Uh-huh. Um, I'd be uh, records. To, I mean, uh, um, CDs don't get repressed that often anymore, but I wonder if a uh, newer pressing of this record will have the correct uh, lyrics. Um, 
but yeah, unfortunately, I just don't have huh. Jim having written this down. So we will have to say, I'd say get on and close the bed close, bedpost curtains to somebody he thinks. Because that was your question is, yep. is uh, exactly what he was saying there, which is why I wanted to go grab them. Yeah. Get on the bed, close the bedpost curtains, pretend the ground is fire. I know that'd make you smile. Which uh, I love. I love it when he pauses in the middle of lyrics and, uh, you like when he's talking about the payphone when he goes, "Remember those?" Yeah, you know, it's it's almost like it, it takes you out of the it takes you out of the lyrics for a moment. Yeah, totally. And it is not not only talking to whoever he's talking to in the song, but almost like he's talking to you. Because when I when I this is that section of the song where I do recall the lyrics and when he says the the ground is fire, um. But, you know, my mind is still listening and then I hear, I know that make you smile. Yeah, it may, makes me smile too because I, I think that's that's what I remember from this is that the ground is fire, the floor is lava and how much fun I had as a kid. Yeah. And then we close out the last uh, two lines of the verse. Are you alone like me? Alone but not lonely. So you're still alone doesn't mean that you have to be lonely. Yeah. Uh, maybe giving that that the words of encouragement a little bit again. But uh, he's reiterating that he's alone and perfectly content. I'm I'm happy with where I am right now. Now, here's the question. Oh, sorry, I was handling my uh, microphone stand. Here's the question I have about verse two. Did he come across somebody and brought them back to his room? Or is he talking to that hypothetical somebody at the end of verse one? My thought is the hypothetical somebody. Okay. It seems more uh, that that goes along more with the the juvenile part of the song right yeah that's how would he know some breezy he met in the bar and the hotel right. bar is gonna think that that's cute yeah like you're paying or what <laughs> <laughs> yeah just thought we'd play floors lava for a minute yeah <laughs> yeah i i guess it, it could go either way but my mind goes toward the uh, the innocent part of the or the innocent yeah. option and somebody on <laughs> genius thought the same that you said that you thought it's because it's i'd say and not i said this isn't something that actually happened he's fantasizing about what he would do right. as the subject of the song was right. in the room with him and when so. and when jim is writing this maybe this was the moment when he was uh all of these thoughts were flooding back into his mind and that's just where his mind was going with Oh, I remember all these places where I just loved being by myself here. And then who do I tell this to? And that's when that other person in this conversation yeah. came into his mind. Yeah. And there it is. Those are all the lyrics, right? We yeah, hit the pretty chorus much. Twice, and then we more record, after that. Yeah, yeah. The chorus twice. Yeah. With a dope bridge. Mm-hmm. Love the bridge. Love the octave chords and all this stuff. But again, I'm just like zoning. I'm vibing. Like, I just don't. Uh, it gets shoegazy. What did I say? The chorus blows up so good. Uh, dope bridge love those octaves the outro the fade out to the orchestrations is so great i would love to hear the stems of this track of oh, just yeah. the orchestra even though you sort of do at the end and then i mentioned that rick uh is the first of the band that you hear come into the song and he's the last you hear come out of the song minus the vocals mm. um, and i think that's pretty cool i am looking through the conversation in that reddit thread and so uh Pasalakwa87 in this is talking about Cheese Cun talks about a Sydney hotel. And then uh, Pasalakwa87 says, I heard it's a British five star hotel where all the rooms have the names of wine or champagne. When I searched for it, it came up with one dollar sign and a, I mean, like four Whoa. and a half, almost five stars. So if, 
maybe that is because of a result of the traveling and, and not a lot of people are traveling. Maybe they lower their prices. But if I could go to a place like that for a dollar, a do- one dollar sign worth, you know, yeah. I'm sure you and I do a lot of yelping where like, uh, what is this place like? Oh, three dollar signs. I don't know if we need to be going that. It's not our anniversary or anything. Totally. And you know what? That actually happened today. So I booked a Sequoia in August, right? Yeah. And uh, today we were like, oh, let's stay an extra day. So I went to go add the day to our reservation, said not available. And I was like, OK, well, let me just see if it's possible. Can we book a, another room in the same hotel? I could book our same room for the Monday. So I was like, let me call. Called them today. She was like, OK, yeah, it's weird that the room is available. But it won't let me add it to your thing. Let me cancel your reservation and then make you a new reservation. Justin, why am I staying an extra day and paying $50 less? Because <laughs> what? my assumption is that she canceled the room. So now the hotel has rooms available this week all of a sudden. Uh-huh. The algorithm has dropped the price dramatically. And so now I'm spending $50 less than I was going to spend Whoa. for three nights, and I'm staying four nights. Whoa. <laughs> so I do think COVID has a little bit to do with it. There's also uh-huh. a ton of fires in Sequoia, so I think... Um, oh, uh, wow. Just... Yeah. What a difference. <laughs> Just for a call, phone call for an extra day. Yeah. And now you saved yourself yeah. 50 bucks and you got 24 more hours in this place. Now I did look on Yelp. It has four and a half stars, 22 reviews, four pound signs. So oh, I don't okay. know. I Maybe would not Yelp necessarily is... book here. Okay. If Hotel. I were looking around, I'd be like, okay, let's see if there's like a two, a two pound. They have a, oh, this place is dope. They got like a claw tub and, um, Maybe in front of a fireplace. a little different. Wow. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, you got to we got to do the research across different places. Uh, uh, I checked Yelp. You checked TripAdvisor. But check out that four claw that that claw foot tub uh, in front of a fireplace tub. with a man. fucking mantle mirror. This looks like it's on the Titanic. That's got to um, be in one of their uh, premium rooms, though, right? Now I'm going to search wow. in here and look for Paul Roger. Damn. I was really hoping we were going to come across some some live results here on the pod of somebody giving it a review and saying how much they love the Paul Roger room. Nothing. Um, somebody had tough finding it on their GPS. Uh, uh, oh, uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Just all the song fact stuff. Nothing. I don't know. On. Look at this image, though. That would give me pause. I mean, that is very European. Like everywhere I stayed in Europe felt like this. But now that tub in front of the fireplace seems like they just don't have room to have a tub and a fireplace. So they put the tub in front of the fireplace because the second picture I just sent Justin has a dresser literally covering in half front of the of doorway. The door. <laughs> yeah, maybe the door, the door opens, opens on the that other side. way. I mean, the door, let's but say the door. Justin, you, there's the no doorknob. That means the doorknob is behind that dresser thing. <laughs> <laughs> This reminds me of uh, the place that Lindsay and I stayed in in New York where I got yes! I had vibes of claustrophobia just because you go in there and it's like, oh, the bed's here. I can walk on the left and right side of it and that's it. Let's go to bed. Yes. Was this the Paramount in Times Square? It was very close to it. I, I would have to oh. look. It was a our con- place uh, had a huge piece of art that was also the headboard <laughs> and i think the bathroom door hit the uh, the foot of the bed 
Yeah, we, I mean, we didn't spend any time in the room. We were out exploring yeah. New York, but still, man, they they maximize <laughs> that space. They're like people oh, just need to sleep, wash up, and that's it. Yeah, I just I couldn't get over how the artwork in the room was also the headboard. <laughs> <laughs> Two uh, birds, man. Oh, so good. Okay, so okay, nothing great, unfortunately, on Yelp that said anything about Porsche, but. Uh, uh, yeah, TripAdvisor says, uh, $1 sign, and, mm-hmm. uh, Yelp says £4 sign, so. What is Who it knows? out of, like, $2 signs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, TripAdvisor yeah. is just different, <laughs> different metrics. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, what is this? Why did my email went, sent my Chrome to split screen? Get out of here. Um, Okay, uh, so uh, this guy was like uh, flexing on the champagne subreddit that he had a bunch of Paul Roger. Uh, wine guy on uh, the wine subreddit was very excited to celebrate three, 35 years together. So they got a 2006 Paul Roger. Um, yeah. Uh, so, oh, let's see. Oh, I've, I came across the Who'd Have Thought It uh, uh, Reddit post and the comments. Um, song facts one. The closing track of Integrity Blues, this song finds Jimmy Eat World's Jim Adkins checking into the Hotel Devine in Glasgow, where everyone bears... Uh, we already said that. Uh, mm-hmm. Song facts number two, Adkins is on his own, far away from his American home. My room tonight has its own name. The keys is Paul Roger. I'd say... Adkins told Kerrang, Paul Roger is a great song to close out the record because... If you come to a place of acceptance with yourself to be alone and not lonely, then nothing can really touch you. Do you feel like that most of the time? Uh, we're all going to be better at it some days than others, but I've dipped into that and it feels really good. Did you already read that quote? Yeah, so I've got that one listed up. Um, reading, yeah. re- Hearing it again, hearing you say it. Remember, Integrity Blues, did we do the math? Is this the same time that Jim quit alcohol? <sighs> It's hard to say. So right. let's go to the letter again uh, and, and hear what he says specifically about this letter, because there's something I feel like on damage that he refers to letting go of drinking, uh, which uh-huh. is the album before Integrity Blues. But let's go back to the letter, because I wanted to hear the letter again in context okay. with him wandering around Australia and Glasgow, traveling the world all by himself. Right. It's about throwing away your default response. Oh, let's do this. We've done this before. Let's do back right. and forth. I'll send you a link to this. Uh, I think hopefully that goes to what you want. Um, and I'll read the first per- paragraph here and toss it to you. It's about throwing away your default responses to life. Accept life on the terms of life and becoming willing to accept the best any of us have is to be in a state of progress. Emotional injury is usually your own making, our ego fighting to selectively ignore reality that may not reflect our expectations. When we allow a moment of honesty and look at the gap between our expectations and reality, all too often we find a place to identify as a victim. We take the disappointment gap personally. There is some kind of sick reward in the imagined moral high ground. Self-righteousness leads to rationalizing tantrum behavior, which is never a good look. Adding back into the feedback loop, reinforcing a lack of self-worth. Your enemy is you. And unfortunately, you know every button to push, every hidden fear, and every, oh boy, every secret regret. You speak to yourself in your own voice, and you have a very convincing pitch to work against your betterment in the hopes of those finish line type expectations. Maybe 
finally bringing you a sense of peace this time. You break that reverse feedback loop of reinforcing negative self-worth through action. Doing your best to accept and live as a person in progress doesn't mean you are going to always be happy. Staying on the best path you, you can may feel like lonely work sometimes, but then happiness is one of those fleeting finish lines. Integrity matters because if you let the answer of who do I need to be inform your question, what should I do, there just isn't room for that negative cycle to get traction. We're very excited to share all this in Jimmy World song form with our ninth studio album called Integrity Blues. Can you believe it? Ninth. Hitting streets both virtual and physical October 21st, 2016. Jim Atkins. I definitely heard things I can attribute to this song. He talks about being lonely, doing the right things for you, not for anybody else, and things like that. Yeah, your enemy is you, and you know every button to push. This song really reinforces being um, at ease with being alone, and then mm-hmm. also just being happy with who you are as, as a person by yourself. You don't need any outside input. So it just for being a, the last song on the album, and potentially around that time when we think that he's kind of giving up, uh, this song really just reiterates that whole idea of being okay with yourself and loving yourself and not being dependent on something or some drink or some outside influence that uh, that helps you to to you know keep going yeah i have a and, sh- oh yes please i was going to say and then is it ironic that he's talking about paul roger as 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 being a, a champagne right <laughs> if that's exactly what it is oh yeah um but but again, I guess it goes back to being I think that's the, the one of those poetic hotel. ironies. Yeah. Like that he, uh, I think that's probably something he actually really did. This is, yeah, and, this was never about the, this was never about the champagne. This was always yeah. about the room. <laughs> but to stay at a hotel where all the rooms are named after alcohol when you've quit it is also interesting. Yeah. You're spending time with alcohol without actually imbibing. Right. <laughs> um, Zach was uh, interviewed by Chorus FM, and uh, and uh, I think Drew Berenger did this interview. Unfortunately, I didn't link to it, but uh, he asks, uh, the last question I like to ask in interviews is the rank your records question. If you had a gun to your head and you had to rank your own albums, could you do it? Zach says, so I don't think I have an absolute favorite. I think for all of us, there are certain songs that we really love that we don't think get their due. Or that people sort of just forget. Like, Carry You for me is one of those songs. Paul Roger is one of those songs. If there are some, these are some of, I think, the best songs we've done. But fans have their favorites too. And the fan experience is so different from ours. Our experience is totally tainted by the making of the music. Or whatever sort of connections we make to the process of it. So, uh, that is uh, Zach basically saying that Paul Roger is severely underrated. Uh, he feels mm-hmm. which until today I agree that there's there's so much to it that uh, just by by me checking out when I hear the that introductory uh, French horn <laughs> yeah is that what that is yeah I think so in addition well, to we the got strings. oboe trombone trumpet viola English horn cello keyboards maybe it's a trombone because it is it is definitely a a deeper brass instrument sure I thought French horn, but yeah, that could easily be a, a trombone extended. Yeah, so let's let, let's talk about the uh, these people. Trombone was played by was played by Nick 
daily. And uh, one of the most notable things he did was the latest Lady Gaga record, which is actually really good. Um, and then you got Rob Shear on trumpet, Mike Whitson on viola, and Mike worked with the band Fun. Uh, and the English horn was by Laura Wicks. There you have it. Also worked on the Fun record. Um, oboe was Jessica Perlman. Uh, and her resume is insanely prolific and she's like our age if not younger she's insanely young and prolific um and then cello who is also the leader of the orchestra section is vanessa freebaum or freebame smith and she's also like our age and she's got tons of stuff we would never know but just an insane amount she is very in demand and uh jmj and robin played keyboards on this track um and it was arranged by Beck's dad. Right. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't. It Roger sh- Joseph Manning Jr., who I know from playing on Blink Records. He arranged it. But didn't... Shit, I thought Beck's dad worked on this. I think I just sort of zoned out and uh, put Robert... I, I conflated Robert Roger Joseph Manning Jr. and uh, David Campbell. But I, I didn't write David Campbell anywhere, so maybe he didn't work on it. And you're seeing all this on Discogs? Yeah. But I, I kind of like picked and chose and copied and pasted. Oh, okay. I don't have Discogs open. Okay. Um, I'll go to Vanessa Freebaum's thing and then scroll down to Jimmy Eat World. Oh, I should go to somebody with less prolific uh, resume. <laughs> I looked at the uh, I looked at the English horn because I thought what's a, it's going to be like a hop, skip, and a jump to the French horn. Completely different. The English horn is like an oboe, <laughs> so it's got oh. to be. You said there was a trombone in there. Uh, yes. It has uh, to be no, the trombone. No, no, no. Uh, is yes, there... trombone, Nick Daly. Okay. Yes. All right, good. Then that's got to be that in, uh, that intro uh, uh, sound in addition sure, to the strings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't see. I see Roger Joseph Manning Jr. I don't see, uh, what's his name? David Campbell on this. Oh, okay. All right. He did a, not a work new... on Integrity Blues. Uh, yeah, so Roger Joseph Manning Jr. did things like all of the keys on uh, Stay Together for the Kids, all that piano work. Um, I believe he did. He did all of the keys on Blink's records up through neighborhoods, I think. And now uh, Travis and and they do it all themselves. But that's where I know Roger Joseph Manning Jr. from. Wow, that and guy! Now I have a photo of him. Wow, I've never seen this guy. Quite, he looks so young. Yeah, he's got quite the uh, quite the record here. What a resume! Oh, but he was born in '66. He's just oh a yeah. Young but I mean, dude. just for seeing all the. The bands that he was in, Jellyfish, The Move, yeah. Cookbook. Did he work on Weezer at all? I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Yep. I don't see any. Yeah. No, that's the Moog Cookbook. Yeah. But why did that come up with Weezer? Buddy Holly is on this Moog Cookbook comp, but I don't think. And Smell, Smells Like Teen Spirit is also on this. Um, but mm. why is Roger Joseph Manning showing up on this? He supervised this comp. Ah. The promo, the Moog cookbook advanced. This must be a Moog comp, like where they they did Moog versions of these songs. I feel like my dad has like a vinyl of like uh, the Moog Star Wars soundtrack and the Moog like (laughs) Bach Moog's the hits or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like Emerson, Lake and Palmer just doing uh, these synthesized variations of these. uh, Totally. So that's got to be what this is. Shit, do we find... Let's see if the Moog cookbook Buddy Holly exists somewhere. That'd be awesome. Oh, hell oh, yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> I'm gonna... 
<laughs> Let me put this into watch together for you. The, oh, released in 96, so only a couple years after this came out, their album came out. Oh, yeah! Oh, dude, I have this as one of the B-sides in my... Oh, nice. Yeah, it all comes full circle. Yeah. Insert Charlie Day I haven't here. heard this in so long. They're looking. Is this where Daft Punk got their look? Sure looks like it. I want to say it goes like double time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. It's been a while. Stranger Things soundtrack. Yeah. Like right here, it changes tempo, I think. It gets bouncy. Something like that, right? There it is. Oh, here we go. It gets very much oh. like Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I remember. <laughs> I think this is when I would turn it off. <laughs> Yeah, this is not nearly as cool as the other part. Oh, boy. <laughs> I did listen to it all the way through, though, when I was... Uh, of course. <laughs> but you're a completist. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you found wild. that. Man, that takes me back. Oh, boy. <sighs> wow. The Moog Cookbook. Okay, so... All right. Uh, Roger Joseph Manning, not David Campbell on this. Not Beck's dad. Um... And uh, yeah, and then Courtney Marie Andrews sings on this track. Where? CMA. Well, yeah, I don't know. Because I zone out, I just It don't... must be in the last couple of choruses, right? Yeah, she's just got to be backing him up during that, like, uh, anthemic. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the chorus singing on top of that. Yeah. Beneath it. I mean, I wrote down that she sang on this. I, I, I can't, I imagine, I, I, I can't imagine I'm that remiss that I would it probably said she sang on track 11. Well, um, Jim has fooled me before with the, when he gets up there high with it. And you, and you said his um, uh, in true Jim style, where is it? Why spend more time in a lie if it goes on that way? He gets up there high toward the end of yeah. that. So right? it says, yeah, additional Deceiving. vocals. Courtney Marie Andrews on You With Me, Sure and Certain, and Paul Roger. Okay, she's in there. And then Robin sings on You With Me, sure and certain and pretty grids mm. uh, i love seeing robin get uh yeah get get up in there do you think anybody like like i remember when i saw jason the the uh, other green day guitarist and i was like oh that's so not cool like that poor guy he's not he's like in the band but he's not in the band but like i never thought that about robin like i just love robin 
Um, so I wonder if anybody felt feels like I do about Jason the way that about Robin. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, did you? I, I don't remember how long ago this was, but it was somewhere in the subreddit. Somebody posted. Um, and this is it's tough to be in this position. You're going to an album signing, and you have all you you have all five <laughs> members up there, right? And Robin's in line, and you bring up your collector's edition like this. There's only a few presses of this. You get it signed by all four members of the band that recorded on there, and then it's handed over to Robin, and the guy has to say, "No, I sorry, I don't want your signature." Yeah, they didn't have anything to do with that album. I get it. Um, but then, I mean, in these albums, when they're starting to show up, I don't know if they're necessarily like an official member. Like, I don't ever see them in any of the uh, the marketing materials, but they provide enough to where it's like without them, this song would sound completely different. Yeah. So I don't know where, where that balance comes in, where you say that, yeah, they're they're a member of Jimmy World or then why aren't they in any any promo material? Yeah, I um I went to see Twin Forks at the Troubadour, which is Chris Carrava's folk band. And playing live with him is his cousin. I forget his name right now. It's not important. And I bought the vinyl from Chris at the merch table and his cousin's sitting there next to him and he's signing other people's records in front of me. So I have him sign it. He doesn't play on that record. So yeah. it's like, yeah he's like, I'm sure if Twin Forks releases another album, which I hope to God they do, um, I think it's some of Chris's best work. Uh, I'm sure that he'll play on it, but he didn't play on the record when Chris made it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a record everyone should visit. Um, uh, you got anything else on the song before we move on to Community? I don't. And in fact, I've exhausted my one community. It was that uh, the the conversation about the location. So whatever you have, let's go through it. Uh, real quick, Jenna King on Facebook, uh, her husband bought her a bottle uh, as a celebration. Every now and again, my husband orders me a bottle of my favorite champagne to celebrate various life achievements. Long before the song, I have loved this so, it was a happy coincidence when the guys released Paul Roger. It's not a particularly expensive bottle. There are some expensive vintages, though, but it is yummy. We'll open this weekend <laughs> with a toast whilst listening to the song, I think. Any ideas on how I could do something with the box? And she has the box. It's a cool-looking box. Um, very colorful. Um, I'll copy the image and send it to you here. Yeah, let me take a look at that. Um, and... Uh, yeah, oh, she took a picture of the side here. Let's see. Limited edition celebrating Sir Winston Churchill. So, yeah, Winston Churchill is associated. I, I didn't talk about that. Um, Winston Churchill is associated with Paul Roger. It was his favorite bottle of wine. Churchill is reputed to have drunk 42,000 bottles of Paul Roger in his life, and he only discovered it aged 34. My goodness. David Kermode was granted a rare behind-the-scenes visit to the house where he saw firsthand the extent of this great relationship, as well as how it is still impacting Paul Roger's, Paul Roger's sales and market share in the UK. Um, and that was from the buyer.net, um, talking about specifically Winston Churchill loved, ha it has a prolific l obsession with the champagne Paul Roger. Um, wow. 
So that's uh, a lot of bottles. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Emma Jones on Facebook commented that if you were to take a track from another Jimmy Eat World album and put it on another, what would you do? And she said Paul Roger fits well on Clarity. And uh, I think that's true. I think uh, Paul Roger has like a Clarity vibe to it. Um, specifically with how like kind of meandering the guitars are and the orchestral work and stuff like that. Like, um, I think that's a, a fair assessment from Emma Johnston mm-hmm. or Emma Jones. Um, Andrew Simmons on Facebook says, uh, what did he say? Ah, okay. Andrew Simmons was coming up with like things that you could, uh, uh themes that on a Jimmy Eat world song. So something to wear, uh, would be your new aesthetic. Something to drink would be Paul Roger. A place would be goodbye Sky Harbor. A food mm-hmm. past the baby. And then in, in uh, <laughs> uh, 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 carrots, carrots. He put in uh, brackets. Um, <laughs> uh, an carrot. animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, a number 23, a color, blues, gotta be somebody's. <laughs> um, a girl's <laughs> name, Diamond. I always think of Dustin Diamond when I think of... Oh, man. When I see the word Diamond. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, a boy's name, big casino nickname, uh, profession cautioner. So anyway, uh, he was coming up with a way to associate songs with uh, things. Um, Robin Holquist on Facebook says, "Weird question, but when referring to Paul Roger, do you actually pronounce it with the correct pronunciation, like in the song?" And gosh, I wish uh, there were some fun comments on that, and I didn't link to it. Um, but I think I tagged you in it. Because somebody had said that they did like a weird mixture of things or something. Yeah. And I, I had asked, um, I, that was what I was looking for earlier. I couldn't find it in. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't link to it. I don't in know. My why notifications. I didn't do that. But I was just, yeah, because she said that I don't want to sound too pretentious. So I do a nice mix in between. Yeah. Which is probably kind of like a lackadaisical, like Parage or Parage. Paul, yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want it to sound wrong, but I, I was interested to hear what how she pronounced it. <laughs> Paul Roger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barry Stotts on Facebook says, "I think Jimmy Eat World is king of songs that are six plus minutes long. Most of their albums have one or two, and most of them are incredible. Here's a breakdown by album, and I'll just talk about Paul Roger here. Track eleven, Paul Roger, six forty seven. As with many of their other albums, the long song is the last one. Paul Roger builds with the guitar, bass, and synth." until it uh, the drums and vocals come in at 19 seconds for the first verse. The first verse is twice as long as the second, so it takes a while to get to the first chorus, which starts at 119 and ends at 159. Really break down here, uh, where the drums uh, drop off until the vocals come in on the second verse at 219. The second chorus starts at 254, which leads Jeez. into a guitar solo at 332 and another chorus at 354. So a big reason the song is longer than six minutes is everything that comes after this last chorus is basically a long outro. Another guitar solo is featured at the start of the outro at 432. This continues as vocals come in at 454, repeating the na-na-nas, which Courtney might be on. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, the instruments start to fade out around 5.15 and are completely faded out at about 5.30 besides some synth parts. Uh, the last minute or so of the song is basically everything fading out, which is a nice way to end an album. Uh, what a breakdown uh, Perry Stotts did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Very yeah. uh, detailed. And uh, I did a quick search. I usually do on Chorus FM, uh, which is a great community. And boy, is the song popular on there. I just searched the term Paul Roger. There are 20 pages. My goodness. When I when I'm showing 25 posts. So it says one through 25 of 500. So this is a very now they have run brackets and things on here before, but it is a very popular song on Chorus FM. And it is in Jake T. O'Donnell's top 100. So 50 to 100. Uh, where 50 would you to 100, huh? Yeah. I would say. Uh, I would say that uh, Jimmy Eat World has a song about where this song might fall in 50 to 100. That's a really weird way to put it. Wow. Um, because I can't think of any other numbers but 23. They're, oh, no. Their you most know? popular song sort of indicates where this falls in that top 100, 50 to 100. Oh, I've got you. I'm going to say 75. Yes, baby. All you right. I can figure that out. <laughs> um, the epic closer of Jimmy Eat World's most recent LP is Paul Roger. And no, the song isn't about expensive champagne. For the record, Jim quit drinking sometime before they made damage. So this is also, okay. uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it is instead named after a hotel room in Scotland, uh, 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 a room in a hotel allegedly in Scotland, where all the rooms are named after wine or champagne. At this point in their career, the band had been around and touring for over two decades. So it's not like the hotel rooms are alien to them. I always took Paul Roger to be about life on the road. Jim told Kerrang that the idea behind the song is that when you can be alone without being lonely, then nothing can really touch you. That feeling of untouchability permeates through the song because as an epic closer, it feels huge. And that feeling is earned from the first second. Paul Roger is an amazing way to end a truly amazing record, says Jake T. O'Donnell. Number 75. Nice. I'm glad I'm glad to hear something that he stands behind. You're right. <laughs> Love those, right? <laughs> totally. Uh this became uh this was Reddit's song of the week one week. Uh Cautioner 86 is the one that submitted it. Uh their reason, I think this song is incredibly underrated, but ranks up with some other epics like 23 or Dizzy. This came out at a time when I really needed to be okay with myself. And honestly, it still resonates and probably always will. I wish it had taken off more. So that's another stan of the song. Um, and then I, let's see, I have a couple users on Reddit. Cats of El Choro says, I went on, uh, this went on really long because I love Paul Roger so goddamn much. So I think that's their caveat that this is going to be a big wall of text. Paul Roger is probably my favorite song of all time by any artist. God only knows by the Beach Boys makes me take pause in declaring it the best. I love how after an album filled with uncertainty and anxiety is show assured and uplifting, especially when you listen to it with Integrity Blues, the song as a prelude. It feels like it was written by someone coming out of the dark part of their life and having a a clarity of mind and spirit. And I think this person is feeling that from that minor to major chord shift. Yeah. In the chorus. Uh, I also think it embodies what makes Jimmy Eat World great musically better than any other. Jim, Rick, Tom, and Zach are all good musicians that come together and work hard, work smart, and work passionately on their music. They might not be virtuosos individually, but they become more than the sum of their parts. That's Paul Roger as well. 
there may not be mind-blowing guitar solos or bass runs but which i think this song does have great guitar solo and a great bass run um myself (laughs) uh but everything is exactly what it needs to be and it fits together beautifully there's a famous piece of advice in writing that i'm going to insert here perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add but when there's nothing left to take away uh Antoine de Saint-Exupéry says that. Uh, I don't think there's a thing in Paul Roger that's out of place or needing removed, nor would it benefit from having anything added. It's perfect. But that's just like my opinion, man. (laughs) Um, And I think that's true. While I find it meandering and, and all over the place, I vibe out and it never feels long. It never feels too short. It feels right. Everything feels right about it. Yeah. Uh, and then M Leather 9 on uh, uh, user M Leather 9 on Reddit says, according to Zach, they haven't been able to make it work live yet. Haven't found the magic. And correct. I have not found a uh, an instance where they ever played this live, um, which uh, could be cool, I think. Yeah, I think if they yeah, if they got that down to where. I guess all of the band members, it doesn't sound like something that they, they're just accompanying Jim where it sounds like the whole band can play their part. Yeah, then it might be worth pursuing. But yeah, it does seem like a tough track to to recreate live. Yeah. Now, before we get to covers, I have a few things. Um, I don't remember what this is, but Multimedia for Cants on SoundCloud. Did you come across this at all? I didn't come across anything on SoundCloud. Okay, so let's see what this is. I think this might just be called some something called Paul Roger. Well then, that was 18 <laughs> seconds of Paul Roger Val's Dodecaphonic. It sounds wow. like they were intentionally trying to make it sound... Uh, you know, I had a, tr- t- a tough time pronouncing this one, but uh, cacophonic. There you go. Oh, which right. is a blank. Uh, uh, there's a blank song called cacophony. Right. Cacophony, um, right? So speaking of blank, there is. <laughs> oh, geez, is this not going to play here? Uh, there is user Paul Roger on. Uh, oh yeah, this is on Bandcamp, so I have to send yeah. this to you. Yeah, Link One Eighty Two. Yep. <laughs> I had to listen to this. This was really good. So user Paul Roger, who goes by the name Link182, was on the Reddit tribute to Blink-182 album. Am I on this one? Because I've definitely been on a Reddit tribute to Blink-182. Um, Would you know it if you heard it? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not on this track in particular. I don't know but if the tri- I'm on Reddit this tribute? record. Uh, I don't listen to them all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm on this one. Um but yeah, this is one of those like, hey, let's get the uh, let's get the community together and all do a cover. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm for sure not Here. on this one. But let's take a yeah, listen, let's listen to listen to a bit. Yeah, Paul this Roger is Paul did to the Rock Show. Yeah, Link 182, the Rock Show.
biggest dude nailed it. Oh, yeah. That sounded great. Yeah, he did great. I'm always um, impressed actually, when people sound like Mark. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then I finally got this. So, and this will go on to my last little bit before we hit the covers. Dominic Morales says, what Def Leppard song does Paul Roger remind me of? And it came down to this one called Animal. Now, Ooh, yeah. I'm not a huge Def Leppard head, but I had told you when I did the research on this, I was like, man, I'm way down a Def Leppard rabbit hole right now. And mostly because I just like, I don't know anything about Def Leppard. Oh, right. The drummer only had one arm. Why did mm -hmm. he only have one arm? Oh, I see. Because he was driving drunk on New Year's in uh, on a on a weird road. And oh, my God, his seatbelt severed his arm. And how how did he cope? And how long did it take him to? Uh, anyway, I did all of that. And fuck, if the chorus of this song doesn't sound very similar. So let's take a listen here to Animal. Okay. And I kind of dig this song. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. And this is when he's already one armed. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, I was listening to this, and I was like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like Jimmy Eat World to me. But there's something about the chorus that sounds a lot like Paul Roger. Oh, yeah. They jump up to that major, baby. Yeah. So they also go minor to major here. So now that we've heard that, what do you think I did? Did you rave DJ that? Yeah, I did, baby. Oh, man. Uh, I really so I hope it worked out. To you. Um, <laughs> and I, it, it's definitely one of the best ones we did in a while, but it doesn't really click until the chorus, and rave DJ fucking knew it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's take a listen. And really, when it hits the chorus is when it works. Okay, let's see. Real quick, before we jump into that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the chorus is B flat, F, and C. Right uh -huh. for Paul Roger Animal, it is B F sharp C sharp. Oh, so it's actually the same chords, just a half a step up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same chords. Wow, whole it's the same order chords. Yeah, B wow. F to C. Dominic just a half Morales step. fucking nailed Man, it. Called it. Okay, here we go. Animal Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta wait for the chorus. Yeah. Right. It kind of like is all over the place in the intro, but I think it works. Yeah, theirs doesn't sound like it's in a minor key. Did they just jump from a major to another major? Uh, yeah, they did. The timing's all good here, though. Alright, we're gearing up.
Call and response. I mean, it's like you can't even hear two songs playing. No way. This is great. <laughs> So good. Oh man, that was great. Yeah, right. That's so, I think excellent. Dominic Morales kind of nailed it. Yeah, and that was on the Facebook group. That was in the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah, we got to tag him. Make sure he knows that. Too, I so. actually posted this in the comments, and it was like yeah. fifty-two weeks later or something like that. So <laughs> I already posted it in there for them. <laughs> well, he's got a year's worth um, of episodes to catch up on anyway. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so uh, covers. I've only got one. Yeah, and David, man, I uh, did you watch it and feel like a certain oh, level of like you wanted to give them a hug? I, I, you know, I didn't. Um, let's see. Let me look at my playlist real quick. I got Def Leppard in here. I got an album review. I don't really care to watch. I got somebody doing a vacation video. I got some drum covers. Somebody did like a bunch of stuff, and then oh, I have a whole like long video about Rick Allen uh, fighting back. <laughs> really Def leopard the drummer <laughs> it's just like it's called uh he was on a uk show called fighting back and it's like how you overcame something and he tells his story so i put that in the playlist for the episode but okay. yeah no i never ended up watching crooked forests cover of paul okay. roger um so uh, is it a rough watch um yeah and i'll pause i'll stop when when you feel you you, you need to, me to pause it but i'm not and, and i don't well, we'll just listen to it. The The title or the description starts with, it's my birthday and I want to scream. Okay. Mm. Uh, here. So this is Crooked Forest's cover of Paul Roger. pause there okay um, seem it just seems like they're i think it's with intimate the comment, man yeah with the comment of uh it's my birthday and i want to scream i think that this this song is really speaking to them yeah and it it means a lot more than you and i have probably gathered for this particular person so yeah i mean sure. I, i'm it, it takes a lot to post something like that um, totally so i i hope that that things that things changed or got better if that's if that's what it is if if things are uh, you know 
Yeah, they have lots of covers that mm-hmm. they started during quarantine. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I. Uh, is there anything other? Uh, uh, I think she did a great job. Yeah, she and I she think, finishes out the whole song. It's a. Yeah. It's um. You know, it, it takes a lot to go through it, but uh, yeah. she does it. I noticed that she did right before that. She did a song. It only has five views. She did "Weightless" by All Time Low, which I think is a terrific song. Yeah, and I would like to hear Crooked Forest be a little more upbeat. Do you mind if we play a Go little ahead. bit of Weightless? Yeah, there's other stuff. Go ahead. Because I listened to a couple other tracks that are are more upbeat. So it she just she did "Damn It" by Blink too, but and she looks really happy in the in the thing there. But I I, I really like this song by All Time Low, and I want to hear what she did with it here. Yeah, pop it in um, there. Yeah, let's take a listen. Manage me, I'm a wreck. Here we go. I'm a mess. Turn it down a book half unread. I wanna be left at left with just because. I'm a harmonize with it right here. I wanna, I wanna feel weightless, weightless and that should be enough. Waiting a second and pick me up and I'm over Getting older Getting old Maybe it's not my weekend And it's gonna be my What I don't know, song. man. That sounded like that all-time low pay-per-view. Was I just watching it? I <laughs> I couldn't tell. I love yeah, the harmonies great, man. in that song, man. <laughs> well, Crooked Forest, I think you're doing great. Uh, let's see. What yeah. was her last upload? It was one I month think ago. A month she's still ago. she's cranking up. She's cranking them out. Yeah. And these might be some yeah. originals here. It looks like it. The ones with the uh, the forest artworks uh, and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So good. Well, sick. I I'm so glad I got to harmonize with Crooked Forest yeah. on an all-time low song on a Jimmy Eat World podcast. <laughs> um, Justin, what are your final thoughts of Jorge by Jimmy Eat World? Man, I I was so glad I got to go through the lyrics because it expanded this song. Uh, I've remarked about how Integrity Blues was like the, the album that I had on repeat when I was building this place. So I know the songs so well, but I just don't know some of the lyrics. And this was one of those songs. It fits the mold for a, a, an album closer. Um, love the lyrics, love the message that he's given off. Makes me want to go explore, um, you know, explore the suburbia, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Late at night. Um, I like this song a lot, man. What about you? Uh, I am excited to go back through it um with the lyrics uh like i said we're going up to sequoia soon i'd love to hear this like in the middle of a forest you know oh, and maybe i'll go on a walk at night and uh and uh, try not to get eaten by a black bear but um <laughs> um uh yeah and you know now i'm like all excited for crooked forest to hear me harmonize with her awesome on this episode so uh <laughs> you'll have to do a little finessing to get me in sync with her i'm sure but um that's okay i can work it i've done it before uh, but yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun today, man. Uh, yeah, me I feel too. Like, uh, after that weekend, I really kind of needed this. So, um, and on what a what a song uh, to to need something like this. So, 
uh, with that, I, I guess I'll remind everybody to continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! <laughs>